Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, here we are another week. And this week, I was trying to come up with a, a concept that I feel would relate to just about every person in the universe. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm exaggerating, but maybe not. And what is that concept? Well, the concept is, are you neurotic? Now, before you get your hackles up, we'll, we'll, let's talk about this a little bit. We need to know what it means to be neurotic. And of course, no one likes to be told, you're so neurotic, cut it out. So fundamentally, what does it mean to be neurotic? Well, it's an exaggerated kind of reaction and perception to any kind of threat psychologically, physically. And, and I guess the one way to begin looking at neurotic behavior is to see it's not, a, it's not really a mental illness. It's, it's a personality trait. It's a label. And boy, do I hate labels. Most of the time, labels do much more harm than good. It, it, you become identified with, you know, if someone says, well, you, you are neurotic, you know, uh, and if you become if you become identified with that, then you start almost excusing yourself. Well, what's a guy to do? You know, I am neurotic. I can't handle stress. So be careful about labels. But we're going to nevertheless use this very common label to help us understand, you know, why we do what we do. And to see that, let's begin by realizing that all psychological behavior is on a continuum. On one side, we have very mild, and on the other side, we have very strong, intense. And somewhere in the middle, maybe you'll find yourself, we're using a, a kind of continuum of neuroticism, uh, exaggerated perceptions of threat, uh, defensiveness, over-controlling. We'll get into all of those manifestations in a minute. But basically, we're talking about neurotic traits. and just about everyone that I've ever met, and I'm saying just about because I can't get into everyone's head or everyone's lives, but just about everyone I've ever met has displayed some neurotic traits, tendencies. And I want you to kind of, as we go along today, realize that, you know, there are certain areas perhaps in your life that you act more neurotically and less helpfully than others. Uh, so where does it begin? How does it begin that we develop these neurotic traits? Well, you know from other episodes of self-coaching that I always begin with the concept of insecurity. Everything in my universe, psychologically speaking, begins with insecurity. Insecurity is a very common, ubiquitous human trait. Another one of those universals. We all are insecure to some extent. And why is that? Well, 
No one grows up in a perfect world, has perfect parents. We've all kind of experienced loss, frustrations, death of loved ones, illnesses. So to some extent, the growing child is challenged by a world that promotes various insecurities. And what is, what is insecurity? Well, insecurity is a feeling of vulnerability. And as human beings, we hate, we abhor being vulnerable, out of control. We want to, to live. We want to preserve ourselves psychologically and physically, so we protect ourselves. So insecurity, that state of vulnerability, it kind of promotes a need to develop strategies, strategies of control. So when we feel threat, we go to our go-to strategies of trying to control that or mitigate that stress with one of our controlling strategies. So it all comes down to insecurity leading to a need to control. And now we come to the crux. So if we all have insecurity, and insecurity promotes various controlling strategies, which we all have to some extent, then where does neuroticism come in? Well, that would be synonymous in my self-coaching parlance. That would be synonymous with the person who is over-controlling and or ritualistically controlling through habits of control. And I guess we should maybe expand that a bit and say habits of over-controlling life, because there's nothing wrong with wearing a seatbelt or brushing your teeth to prevent cavities. These are good controlling strategies, so we don't want to throw any babies out with bathwaters here. We're talking about the over-controlling strategies, and the over-controlling strategies are what we might call the neurotic tendencies, right? So what are some of these neurotic tendencies? Well, for one, of course, it's, it's a magnified perception of any threat. And that, that kind of sends off the, the red flags and the alarms, and, and we need to protect ourselves. So maybe you, uh, let's see, maybe you become what I might call a turtle. What's a turtle? Well, a turtle, you know what turtles are. Turtles pull their head in when they feel threatened into their shell. And turtle behavior may be uh, avoidance, where you know we, we tend to re retract and retreat from life when things feel threatening, when we feel that loss of control. And one way to gain a sense of control is to get into that shell and protect ourselves. How about the always nice person? It's another strategy. Now, that may sound strange, right? Gee, she's so nice. She's always so nice. And then after knowing this person for three or four or five months or a year, gee, she's always so nice. Is, how's that possible? She never gets upset, never gets angry. What the heck is going on? <laughs> well, you know, the... The always nice person may, in fact, be utilizing that skill in order to stay in control. Because if we, if we get people to react positively to us, if we're always nice to people and never aggressive or mean or angry, people will like us. And when people like us, well, they're more predictable, right? And if we can make 
people and life more predictable, that's a form of control. So if you were not always nice, you're not sure what's going to happen. So you're kind of rolling the dice and you are really putting yourself in a situation where you might not be in control. So the always nice person is kind of compulsively nice in order to control. But let's take the opposite of that. How about the aggressive person? You know, the person that bites your head off. Well, you know, that's another form of control by bullying. You know, the aggressive person has found that in this world, most people will back down to aggression, especially, say, in a corporate environment or socially. I mean, people are usually, you know, more or less civil toward each other. But the aggressive person has found out that by bullying and being aggressive, they can get people to cower, people to bend to their will, another form of control. So there you go. How about the opinionated person, you know, that black and white thinker, the know-it-all? And what about the know-it-all? Well, how does that control? Well, if you're black and white about things, then you never have any doubts. So you dismiss any contrary feedback that you get from the world, and you feel very comfortable in your own black and white world, and you're in control. So what is it about these controlling, and there are many controlling strategies, various compulsions, and you know, but what, what, what is it about control that leads to neuroticism? Well, again, everything, and I, I keep harping on this, but everything is on a continuum. You know, where do you fall with these things? Is it bad to want to be a pleasing person sometimes? Is it is it bad to want to pull away and retreat at other times? Of course not. But when these things become kind of, you know, really habituated patterns where the pattern rules you and you don't have a choice, uh, you, you have to be a pleasing, a yes person. You don't have a choice. You can't say no to somebody. You wind up doing what everyone wants you to do instead of the things that you want to do. So you start to, you know, infringe on your own life, and you resent it, and it builds resentments, stress. You become stressed with the fact that you're you're doing something you don't want to do just because someone asked you to do it. So you're you're kind of feeling this agitation, and from that agitation, you begin to feel stress, and uh, and sometimes you know that leads to anxieties, sometimes to depression. We also need to talk about, well, what is mental health? If neuroticism is exaggerated threats, over-controlling life, trying to always be in control, well, what's, what's what healthy behavior, healthy living sound like? Well, maybe to put it succinctly, healthy living is living according to who and what we are. And the closer you get to that, uh, what shall we call that, the... The inner compass, how about that? When we get to our inner compass, and if we're, we're guided by that inner compass, rather than by the external ebb and flow of feedback we get from the world and the challenges we get from the world, if we're going according to our inner compass, then we're, we're functioning more in that healthy range. 
And the closer you come to that inner compass, following your own path, your own direction, the happier your life is. Now, why do we deviate from that? Well, because of insecurity. You see, insecurity has left that self-doubt, that feeling of vulnerability, and most importantly, a feeling of self-distrust. See, we don't trust the inner compass. We, we say, well, it's pointing north, but, you know, I'm not so sure. So without self-trust, we have to develop an array of compensatory strategies. And, and we, we abandon that inner compass, and we start to try to figure out a path. And the way we, we try to figure it out is through controlling life. And, you know, this is one of those that the more you try to control, you know, the more you get into it, the more demanding it becomes. And the more demanding it becomes, the more you try to control. And it's like a juggle. But unfortunately, like any juggler will tell you, eventually the juggle falters. Why? Lactic acid in the arms and muscles. So a juggle will ultimately fail in real life, but a controlling strategy juggle will ultimately fail too that's when we have anxieties depressions meltdowns and again keep in mind that you know this continuum that i keep mentioning sometimes we display pretty neurotic behavior when when the stress becomes so high that fundamentally we we start to falter because our controlling strategies are no longer protecting us and we're kind of naked to the world. We, we, don't, we don't know that inner, inner compass. And we only know the controlling juggle, the strategy of controlling patterns that have served us. And if that controlling struggle begins to falter, well, there we are. We're betwixt and between. The compass is somewhere down there, but we, we've lost sight of that long ago. We've kind of eclipsed that with with constant need to try to control life rather than live life. You know, a lot of psychology today talks about being present. And in order to be present, that means to, to follow the compass, to be in touch with the compass, that inner compass. When you are not present, then you're into the controlling strategies, the anticipatory strategies. What if this happens? And what if she says this? And what if he doesn't follow up on? So with, with the controlling strategies, of course, you're losing sight of the inner direction. And you're in this highly stressed cognitive mode of trying to anticipate to figure out in order to be safe. In order to be present, you need to have adequate self-trust because being present means that you're well quite literally you're in the moment you're present you can only be present if you're not anticipating what's coming around the corner that might harm you and you know it's it's quite important that you recognize that in order to be present you have to be or at least initially you'll feel somewhat at risk. As you begin to relax and ultimately abandon your controlling strategies, you're going to feel a little bit at risk. Because if you were very insecure growing up and you developed kind of rigid controlling strategies and you depended 
depended on these controlling strategies, uh, trying to be present and not trying to anticipate life, to worry about life, to anticipate what may be happening. Or once you get away from all those worries and ruminations and just live in this moment where all those things don't exist, tomorrow doesn't exist, tomorrow's job doesn't exist, the threats of next month don't happen in this moment, in this pristine moment, it's your opportunity to just relinquish all of that trepidation and be with what is in front of you. And if a worry thought comes in, that's not being present because worry is about something taking place in the future. And, you know, we don't worry about things going right. We only worry about things going wrong and we stress ourselves with worries. So being present is an admission to yourself that you're going to risk self-trust. And what exactly does that mean? Well, it means that your life flowing moment to moment is going to reveal itself to you. And should there be any need or concern, you trust that you will stand and rise to the occasion and take care of yourself. So you're really ostensibly not making yourself vulnerable by lowering those control standards, you're really relying more on who and what you are, the accumulated wisdom of who and what you are, the experiences that have served you one way or another, the learning that's taking place, and the fact that how many problems have you solved in your life? Thousands, right? And you made it to this point. You've, you've got an array of skills that you have to enlist, that you have to kind of get behind. So you let go to trusting that you have what it takes to handle life moment to moment as it unfolds. Now, I'm not saying throw out your calendar and your plan book and all of that, but, but I am saying from a, psycholo a purely psychological, I mean, the managing of life in this complex world we live in and the phone calls we need to make and the bills we need to pay, blah, blah, blah. all of that stuff's important. But I'm talking precisely about the psychological life that awaits you. And that's that inner compass, following your own path. And, and sometimes we, we have to abandon that in order to meet the demands of this complex world that we live in. But we need to keep coming back to how am I living my life in terms of the validity of it, in terms of the expression of it. Am I being the person that I need to be? Now, who do you need to be? Well, you need to be what unfolds. You need to follow that inclination. I like to call it, sometimes I, I call it my whim. I might wake up and I might say, I'm going to follow my whims today. Sounds kind of strange, but, but it's really wonderful because basically you're opening yourself up to the energy that you feel in this moment, the, the inclination of what might passionately drive you in this moment. And, and you're starting to follow that flow of your life as opposed to artificially the night before doing that to-do list, I will do A, B, C. And not that that's terrible, and I understand that. But sometimes it's nice to just find out what, what you want to do. Let it 
come to you. That's I always find that that's a wonderful kind of revelation. I might have nothing on my on my plate. I might just hang around and just kind of just fiddle around with things until until something grabs me. And then that's what I like to pounce on when that something grabs me. And typically it's something enjoyable. It could be gardening, it could be reading a book, checking a YouTube, but what YouTube, but whatever it is, it's it's allowing things to come to me rather than artificially dictating. And there's that control aspect again. You know, we want to control our lives. We want to make make sure we don't waste time. We want to do things and we want to accomplish things. And at the end of the day, I want to look back and say, what did I accomplish today? You know, I was thinking this, uh, you may know from previous podcasts, I, I'm really into photography and astrophotography. And there's a there's a YouTube uh, astro uh, imaging podcast, not podcast, what do they call those? It shows you my millennial, my, I'm sorry, my my baby boomer mentality. Anyway, there's a YouTube channel, that's what it's called, an astronomy YouTube channel. And the guy signs off every every episode that he posts with, it's all meaningless and we're all going to die. And the first time I heard that, I said, wow, you know, that's that's kind of dire, that's kind of dark. And I was jogging this morning and, and it kind of came into mind, it's all meaningless and we're all going to die. And, and I thought for a second, well, in the grand scheme of this universe, he's probably right. But, but I think that the thing that I rebel against is that pure meaning is the meaning we put into life, our life, our personal life. So if you subscribe to a meaningless life, uh, then, of course, I would question, well, you know, you're not investing, you're not following that compass. See, I think that's where meaning, for me, and you'll have to define your meaning, but for me, if my compass is pointing north, and I'm moving north, northward, uh, then that becomes a meaningful experience. I feel it. I feel it to be meaningful. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. See, get away from the doing part. That's That, that kind of confounds things and mixes us up. Sometimes just being is meaningful. Sometimes meditation can be your north. Sometimes painting a painting, listening to music, exercising, whatever your north is, if you are in sync with that in the moment, because sometimes these things change. You may want to be doing a painting today, but tomorrow not. So staying in touch with your north, <laughs> your north. <laughs> That's the old Jersey and me coming out, staying in touch with your north. So let's let's get back to neuroticism. So we all are insecure. That's our developmental heritage. We all have controlling strategies. Those strategies can become compulsive and counterproductive, especially when we're trying to over-control life because please don't forget this, because we've lost the ability to self-trust. The self-trust muscle has atrophied. So when the self-trust muscle atrophies, we rely on over-controlling life. And that's, I would say that's synonymous with being neurotic. 
when you compulsively worry about something. That's a neurotic trait. When you can't put something down, you know, what if this and what if it's a neurotic trait. When you ruminate and get yourself depressed and you start getting into a black mood, a dark mood, I can't handle this, and your belief system starts to become eroded, you know, that's that's a neurotic slide down. And again, away from that north pointing compass into this now cognitive where your thoughts are starting to take over and you're trying to figure out, you know, that's the control, control, control. And you're scurrying about worrying and anticipating and ruminating and panicking. And that's where you're trying to use your thoughts to control, control, rather than being present, being in touch with that self-trust. So self-trust is kind of risky if you're used to over-controlling life. Okay. But you know what? Everything in life is another one of Joe Luciani's <laughs> generalizations. We're, we're, everything is habit. You know, we, we're creatures of habit. You know, this is part of who and what we are. We, it's what we do best. I mean, if you had to wake up every morning and learn to tie your shoe or button a blouse or shirt, I mean, we are, habits make us efficient. And habits of control on the mild end can be beneficial wearing seatbelts, brushing teeth, stuff like that. But again, habits that become entrenched in over-controlling life, you know, work against us. They own us. And that's the key. You know, you're not relying on self-trust. You're not able to be present. You're not able to enjoy your life or follow that inner compass. Because the habit of trying to over-control control life has you duped. You've come to believe, not maybe actively believe, but you know, passively you've come to believe that, God forbid, you don't control like it's the yes person or the pleaser. God forbid you get someone angry at you. You'll never be able to handle that. Well, who says that? Well, that's what insecurity says. So, you know, we, we rely on worrying. There's another example. But what if what if I stop worrying? I mean, some people are very superstitious about worrying. Something bad will happen if I stop worrying. Sometimes worrying is an attempt to control fate. If you just know what's coming around that corner, if you could just figure it out, you know, then you'll be safe. Ah, uh, let me try to be safe. Now, you're saying let me be safe when something comes around the corner, but here you are saying this in a pristine moment where that threat doesn't exist or may never come to exist. You know my old favorite adage of Mark Twain, uh, worried about many things in my life, most of which have never happened. So let's get back to realizing that we're, we're habituated with certain patterns. Okay, if they are controlling strategy patterns, which we are now calling neurotic patterns, then these are habits, and all habits are learned, and all habits can be broken. And the way to break these habits is to become aware of them. We typically become aware of our neurotic tendencies because of the stress they produce, because of the exaggerated threat that we feel. So when you feel yourself juggling with control, loss of control, control, loss of control, and the stress is mounting, this is where consciousness needs to come into play. This is where you need to realize, hey, I'm not self-trusting. I'm abandoning my compass. 
I'm abandoning the fact that I'm competent, that I've learned something in this life, that I'm a formidable person and can defend myself. Push come to shove. So you're relying more on the fact that you don't have to anticipate danger. You need to react to it when it comes. And with self-trust, you believe that you'll handle life as it unfolds. It sounds so simple, but yet, as you can tell, especially if you're entrenched with control and neurotic behavior, I'm, I'm sure you feel like it's, it's going to be very risky. Well, it may feel risky and usually more risky than it needs to be. Because once you start getting used to just taking that risk, letting yourself just put that worry aside, pull yourself away from that anticipation and, and tell yourself, you know what, I'm going to just let it unfold. I'm going to see what happens when I confront that person rather than rehearsing it for the next three hours. I'm going to see how I do. Try that once in a while. Risk it once in a while. You might be surprised because, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men is that sometimes you you, you try to develop all these strategies, controlling, and I'm going to say this if she says that, and then I'll answer. And then when the moment comes, you abandon all of that and you act spontaneously. So there is a spontaneous you that is the aggregate of all your past experience, behavior, all of the strategies that have protected you. And you have a wealth, an arsenal of protective strategies that can be more spontaneous rather than to live your life in anticipation of those saber-toothed tigers. The saber-toothed tigers are extinct. They don't exist. We imagine them. You know, it reminds me of the old, uh, I guess I heard it in graduate school, that the, the neurotic imagines a castle in the sky. The psychotic lives in that castle. And, of course, the psychologist collects the rent. But we have to preface that by saying that the, the neurotic, now based on our discussion today, not only imagines the castle in the sky, but starts formulating plans for what to do if that castle starts to crumble and fall down to earth and crush us. So, so we're, we're leaving that pristine moment in anticipation of something catastrophic happening. So to answer the question that we raised in the beginning of this podcast, are you neurotic? Yeah, you're neurotic. I'm neurotic. We're all neurotic, but not neurotic in a general sense. We have neurotic tendencies. And sometimes we indulge those tendencies. And oftentimes these tendencies are habits. So they go unnoticed and they just are reflexive knee-jerk patterns that we need to become more aware of, more in touch of. And once you start to realize that you don't want your life to be pure reflexive strategies of control, pure reflexes of neurotic tendencies. Once you realize this, then you have a choice. You could start to challenge it. You could ask yourself, well, what happens if I just kind of let go a little bit, become a bit more present? What's going on around me? What do I feel like doing? Get away from tomorrow's woes and see how rooted you can get into your day. Let your life unfold a bit more intimately. See what you feel like doing. Of course, and again, you know, I always have to qualify it. I, there's a distinction between, yeah, life's have-tos and the discretionary times that we have to be really healthy 
and really in touch with ourself, our core, our compass. So all that being said, why not take a, a gander at my website, selfcoaching.net. I'm still waiting for the new distribution of my book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. It's supposed to happen any day now. It's still available on uh, Kindle. Is that it? Kindle? Whatever that thing is <laughs> on Amazon. So you can get, you can still get it there. But the, the book itself, the, the actual physical book will be available very soon. And if you go to the website, there's a lot of other things you can ponder. But until next week, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. And remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. What do you say we make it simple together? Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart.